God speaks his word from um, Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 21 through 27. And this is Matthew quoting Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. This is the word of the Lord. I need to know, are any of you out here social media people? Are you users of social media? Do you, who, raise your hand if you're a Facebook person. Okay, I think most of you. What about, what about Instagram? Any Instagram users? Okay, there's a couple. There's a few of you. Yeah. Okay, what about my, my brave souls? Are there any Twitter, Twitter users in here? Are there any Twitter? Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm praying for you. Uh, the, these Twitter users are the bravest of the brave. I, I used to be a fan of free speech, um, but Twitter has helped me realize that maybe not everyone needs to have their opinions in public all the time. It might not be for the, all of our good. Uh, do you guys remember Lord of the Flies, that book Lord of the Flies? Okay, Lord of the Flies is what would happen. Uh, Twitter is, is the living out of of. Had there been internet when that book was written, the, uh, Twitter is the Lord of the Flies. Um, I read this quote lately and it made me laugh. It says, Twitter, even more so than blogs, offered us the revolutionary promise of a virtual town square. You could hear from, engage with people from many walks of life, the prominent and the ordinary in real time. You could read news as it breaks, debate the great issues of the day, and have fun. Was that promise an illusion? The dark side has become all too clear. In reality, as we now know, Twitter is both a cesspool of terrible people and a corrupting influence on even the best people who inhabit it. Its speed and snarky tone encourage the spread of misinformation and incivility and discourage rigor, reflection, empathy, and mercy. If... if Anybody ever is, wants to debate with you about the validity of, like, total depravity? All you got to do is take them to Twitter for a few minutes, and that, that argument is, is over. Um, you know, kind of similarly, have, have any of you ever been involved in a Facebook fight? You, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe the easier question is to say, who has never been in a Facebook fight? 
Because we all have, even if we didn't mean to, right? Even if, even if we were just commenting on, oh, that seems like a sweet story. The next thing you know, you're embroiled in some awful thing. And, and uh, you know, there's some people who really enjoy getting into Facebook fights. Or, or you know, uh, we, we, some people are called uh, keyboard warriors, right? Like, they feel like it's their job to fight every battle in the virtual world. Um, and, you know, I think people get angry and they say things that they would never say to somebody in person. Uh, but because they're typing it and they're looking at a screen, it, it doesn't feel like real life, right? It doesn't feel like a real person. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's easy to forget when we step into cyberspace that we're still called to be, you know, representatives of Jesus. And uh, people who are salt and light uh, bringing the hope of salvation uh, to, to the world. We can lose that sometimes, I think looking at a screen. Um, so this morning, I, you know, I th- thinking about that, we're going we're gonna to be looking at a passage um, that, that brings a lot of, of, of application for us when, you know, especially when it comes to like losing our tempers, when it comes to being aware of the things that we, we say. What, what does it mean to be a person of wisdom, to be a person of maturity, you know, living that out on a, on a day-to-day basis? So let's, let's pray for our time together. Father, you have called us. We have seen in the previous weeks your goal for us is to become mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And you give us your word to help accomplish that. So, Father, use this time, use your word in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. So we continue to be in James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 19 through 27 this morning. Verse 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and forgets at once what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So this is our fourth week in our uh, series on James, and we're still in chapter one. We're going to finish chapter one today. So um, I think if you know, if, if we were going to summarize all of the, uh, the, of the chapter in one sentence, it might be something like, because God loves us and is good, he is growing us into maturity, and we are meant to persevere through all kinds of trials. That's kind of the big idea, right? Everything that we're looking at it has to do with him growing us, him maturing us. There are these tests that he gives us, and they're meant to be seen as good in that they're growing us to something. God cares a lot about who we are and who we are 
becoming. And, and this, this morning, I, I think James is probably going to kick it up a notch. He's going to turn up the intensity, even though we've already been there, right? James, James is not a fluff book. It's intense from the beginning. He's going to kind of turn that up, I think, a little bit this morning. He's still talking about growth. He's still talking about maturity. Um, and he, he's going to address some things that he would say demonstrate whether or not we have maturity. And I think if James were here this morning and I asked him the question, hey, James, what does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus? I'm pretty sure I know his answer. He, he would say a disciple of Jesus is a doer of the word. James, James is, is pretty simple. He, he, he's pretty easy with his statements. He, he doesn't make them complicated. I think he would say a disciple of Jesus is a doer of the word. A disciple of Jesus lives out the truth of Scripture. P- pretty simple, I think, is, is where, he would, where he would land. And so we're just going to kind of go through this uh, verse by verse and, and see what it looks like to live out Scripture, to see what it means to be a doer of the Word. So uh, start then again in 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, so this is absolutely our solution to what we were just talking about, right? Our, our dilemma with social media, right? If we all obeyed these verses, imagine how nice things could be, Right? Instead of people exploding and going viral with their temper tantrums, we could have a civil conversation. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. That's very interesting. Let me give you another idea that I think about that. Right? We're not losing our tempers. We're not yelling at one another. If we could just obey this, right? We, we talked last week about temptations. That was kind of the big idea, right? What brings about temptations and I think one of the temptations of humanity is, is anger, right? Anger. And, and James is, is saying here, your anger doesn't make anything better. Nothing gets better when we lose our tempers. Nothing gets better when we get angry. When I, when I think about my own life, right? How many problems in our marriages? How many problems in our, you know, parent-child relationships would be resolved if we were slow to anger? slow to speak, quick to listen to each other. Don't act immediately. Don't say something you might have to take back later. Just listen. Don't try to shove your point down somebody else's throat. Listen to each other. Respond calmly to resolve. How, How many fights have you had needlessly over didn't didn't listen quite well. Oh, that's what you're trying to say? Oh, no, no, that was fine. Right? If you'd have listened the first time, we wouldn't have just had this humongous argument. I've never done that, by the way. <laughs> but some of you, I know, struggle. Um, quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. And then he goes on. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. 
For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Be doers of the word and not just hearers. So I I have to admit, there is an assumption here that James is making that is essential, right? And that is that we are actually reading the word of God. Right? Because he's saying, don't just be a hearer, meaning we actually are doing that thing. And I would say, right, we can't follow the word of God if we aren't actually reading it. Now, I may be the only one in here like this, but I struggle with that sometimes. I, I'll be honest, and I can say things like, right, I went to Sunday school as a kid. I know that story. I'm going to skip it this morning. Right? I was really good at VBS back in the day. I know that one. I'm going to just keep moving on. Or I might think, I have a master's degree in the Bible. I, I'm, I'm able to take a day off of this. It's not like I don't know it or anything. I was a Bible teacher, for goodness sake. I taught this thing for a living. I'm going to skip. I'm just too busy. I have too much to do in my day today. I I just don't have time to read the Word. Let me say something that we already all in here know, and that is the Bible is our food. The Bible is our fuel. We are running on fumes if we're not reading it. You know it. I know it. You've heard it your whole life. It doesn't change. We know that question James would say is, that's great. Are you doing it? Are you a doer? So to deal with this, I came up with a simple idea. Okay, I'm a simple guy. I like simple ideas most of the time. Uh, We're going to try reading the same thing at the same time and see if it helps us. So, So here's the plan, okay? It's simple. Tomorrow is Monday, September 26th. We're all going to read John chapter 1, okay? We're just going to start with an easy one, John chapter 1. Takes maybe five minutes-ish, not too long, right? So I want you to read it, and I want you to think about it through the day. Read John chapter 1, think about it. And then each day, just do the next chapter. So Tuesday chapter 2, Wednesday chapter 3, right? And on and on we go. There's 20 chapters in John, and so that means... When we gather on Sunday, October 16th, you will have finished it the day before. We will have finished the book of John together, right? So just today's, or tomorrow's the starting point, chapter 1. We're going 20 days. Super simple, right? James would be proud of us. We're keeping it simple. We're sticking with the basics, right? And based on the fact that most of us in this room are on social media, it's proof that we have at least five minutes a day to waste, right? If we've got that time, You can't say you're too busy because you're on social media. So, we all have a little bit of time in our day that we can do that. James says, now, once we have read the Word, we go out and we live it. We don't just leave it alone. We ask God to help us. What does that look like in living it out that day? You see, many many scholars and, and many people who have read James can't help but notice it looks like James is, is just kind of stealing points from the Sermon on the Mount and talking more about them. 
And we would say, yeah, he's probably doing that. I, it seems as though that's, that's a, a big part of what he's up to, right? And we just read some of that um, in, in Matthew chapter 7. Um, but, you know, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, seems like James hits on most of the points of that uh, in, in his own letter. And, and so what we read this morning was about the, the man who built his house, right, on the rock, right? And that's the man that obeys the word. He reads it and he obeys it. And he says, that man is building his house on the rock, right? You remember the song from VBS because we're all pros at that, right? You remember what it means to build your house upon the sand, right? That's the person who knows it but doesn't live it, right? Who, who goes away from, from, from what they have heard in the word and they don't live it. This is basic stuff. That's why our series is called Back to Basics, because it's stuff we all know. And, and I think if we said, you know, James would ask us, do you want a better life? Yes. <laughs> do you want freedom? Yes. It, what we just read, James says all of that comes from reading the Word. You want freedom in your life? Great. Be a doer of the Word. Do you want a better life? Yeah. Be a doer of the Word. That's the source. That's where it comes from. Okay, next verse. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. A religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James teaches a lot about the tongue and the words that we say. James knows that the tongue can do great things damage. I'm sure, I'm sure all of you, if, 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 if we took the time, could give an example of when somebody in your life just devastated you by what they said. Just devastated you somehow in, by, in what they said. You, you probably still have painful memories of, uh, of, of something somebody said. Maybe it was out of anger. Maybe it was when they, your, your parent lost their temper. We all have them. I, I will remember this the day that I die. I, I said something, I said something dumb, right? The teachers say there's no such thing as a dumb question. Well, I asked a dumb question one time in seventh grade. And that teacher laughed out loud and proceeded to spend the next like 10 minutes ridiculing the question. I found out later she did, then did the same thing in every class after, right? In all like eight periods of her day went, oh, you'll never not guess what this question Nick asked. That was a rough day. I'll remember it the rest of my life. Being ridiculed and teased, by, not by a te- just by a teacher, but, but then because of the words of somebody, right, to being teased. I remember when I graduated high school, a kid was like, hey, you remember? Like, it never went away. You guys probably all have similar kinds of stories, right, of how, of how there's power in, in the words of people. But there's also life in the tongue, isn't there? Right? And, I, and I hope that all of you could, could sit and think of, uh, of a time when someone said great things to you. Somebody spoke life to you in a way that changed you forever. Right? They lifted you up at just the right time when you needed it. They gave you encouragement at just the right moment. Right? And, 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 and since we're telling my stories, right, I can tell you that, that being here the last two months, right, you have spoken life to me and my family. Right, I've gotten phone calls and cards and text messages and, you know, just face-to-face conversations. There is power. There is life in the tongue. 
And we can choose to give that to people. And, and, and James is going to go even a little bit further than that, right? He's going to say, look, the tongue reveals character too, right? Have you ever golfed with someone and been utterly shocked at the things that came out of their mouth? Don't point anybody in here, by the way, right? I've been shocked at times with people that I've played golf with. You miss a putt, and you'll never know what's going to come out of their mouth, right? That's why, maybe why I don't golf with people, right? Because I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be the one that accidentally says it, right? Um, I don't want to lose my temper in front of you guys, right? Because I'm a bad golfer. Or, or maybe you've had somebody that you really respect tell a joke that you couldn't believe, right? Couldn't believe what was coming out of their mouth. Or maybe uh, uh, somebody you really respect, you've seen some of their Facebook comments or Twitter fights. Oh. Right? It destroys everything that you kn- thought you knew about that person. And I used to respect them until I, I didn't know they fought like that. I didn't know they joked like that. Right? Our tongues reveal our character. And, and, and you and I know, right, the point that James is making is that, right, the tongue is not an independent thing. It's not running around by itself, right? It's connected. It's connected to our hearts and our minds. It's a part of us. It reveals who we are. That's all that it can do. And the more we work on our hearts, the better we can control our tongues. And then this last little piece here. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Some translations say to care for or make sure they're defended. Right? Defend the cause of, the, of, the, of orphans and widows. That's what James is talking about here. One constant theme throughout Scripture is to help those in need. Right? You'll find it everywhere. To help those who cannot help themselves. Widows and orphans were were kind of, in some ways, we could think of them as as descriptions of a category, right? Those who needed help. Those who had no standing in society. I I love that Psalm 68 describes God as a father to the fatherless. and, and, And a defender of widows. That's how God is defined. Right, that's, that's the character of God, as a father to the fatherless and the defender of the widow. Why? Because that's the character of God, to help and to protect, to care for those who, who need it the most. I, I heard that Muhammad Ali once said, I don't trust anyone who's nice to me but rude to the waiter, because they would treat me the same way if I were in that position. Similar thought, isn't it? I, I think we can tell a lot about a person how, by how they treat others who have nothing to offer them. Right? We like to butter up people that have lots to, to help, right? have lots to give us. How do we treat those that have nothing to offer us? That's what, that's what James is saying here. That's related to what Muhammad Ali would say, right? 
Watch how a person treats a waiter. Watch how a person treats somebody in a lower position in terms of status. We know from Psalm 68 that God's character is to help, to care for them, to love them. What about yours? How do you, how do you treat those that need help? How does Kishwaukee treat those? Right? Are we being intentional to help the lowest in society? And I, I think that we are. Right? There's always more that we can do. Tests reveal our character. And, and whether it is us losing our, our temper or, or using words to tear other people apart. Or may, maybe it's using our wealth to serve ourselves instead of others, right? What we saw last week. Using our positions of power to put down others, but lifting up ourselves. All of that has to do with character. All of that has to be with being mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And God will use the tests of our lives to build us up, right? So that we can become doers of the word. And that's what it means to be mature, right? Just hear the word, but do what it says. Let's pray. Father, we are all guilty of knowing your word and not living it. We're guilty of of putting ourselves as too important and too busy to do things like read your word or help other people sometimes. We, We lose our tempers. We misuse our power. We care only about ourselves and the things of this world. You tell us that is nothing of what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. Father, would you help us? Would you help us to first hear the word? Would you help us to do the word? Would you help us in these tests and trials that come before us to grow in wisdom, to grow in maturity, to persevere through them, knowing that you are wanting us to be so much more, more like Jesus. Pray all this in his name. Amen.